This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yep. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Petrie. I gotta tell you, boys, low energy, low energy today. You know, on the weight loss track here, um, trying to cut out the caffeine. I've been trying to cut out the caffeine for a while. It's hard, right? I don't drink coffee. Talked about this before. I don't drink energy drinks or whatever like that. I, I, I like a soda. I wake up early in the morning. You know, I gotta be at work at five. Or I'm up at five, gotta be there at five thirty. I need a little pick me up, right? So I've been cutting out the sodas in the morning, right? And by probably by halfway through, I'm kind of over and I'm eating a banana. I do have like a Gatorade, so I got a little sugar or whatever, electrolytes, and then obviously a water. The problem is, is is eating like not drinking with with um, with uh, not drinking caffeine with a meal. Like I don't like if I'm like out working out or if I'm in the yard doing yard work or whatever. I don't drink. I don't want a Mountain Dew, right? I don't want a beer. Like I would want water if I'm breaking a sweat. But when I'm eating, it's tough because I need like a soda. So now I I got the the little cans, the little itty bitty. Just got a, a Subway sandwich tonight, a little turkey. And I walk in and I, and I wasn't going to get any chips. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to fall for the cookies. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get a sandwich at six bucks. Um, and then their sodas are usually like two fifty or three dollars. Like, I, you know, I was like six bucks, you know, whatever. Walk in there and, the, and I ring out no chips, even though they had the baked, uh, baked barbecue. I like no chips. Little high school girl rings me out. She looks at me dead in the eyes. Is that it? I'm like, yep, that's it. Ready to pay for it. And she goes, do you know? We have fountain drinks, any drink, any size for a dollar. And I'm like, oh my God, a buck, a dollar. I could get everything for seven. (sighs) I didn't though. I'm proud of myself. I didn't, but typically before I record, I have like some kind of caffeine or whatever with me, but you know, a little low energy guys. If you hear it in my voice, I apologize. I'm trying to bring you a show. We're going to recap all the MMA stuff from San Antonio some fights were announced. Uh, you know, Contender Series was last night. Uh, I didn't get to watch the whole thing in entirety. I've, I have since watched this morning. Um, my daughter was a little, had a little bit of a fever. You know, my wife worked yesterday. I was with uh, I was with little girl um, most of the day, and uh, I look over and she's just kind of laying there and not being herself. And I go and she's burning up out of nowhere. I mean, she's been acting fine, just burning up. I know kids get fevers and stuff all the time, but I, I freak out. It's like 102, and I'm like, and she's two years old. I looked it up online, then I called the doctor, and they're just like, listen, like if, if she, it's probably an infection, like a cold or whatever virus. Um, if you bring her in right now, since it just happened today, we're not going to know what it is until like 24 hours. Uh, make sure you're giving her plenty of drink. Make sure she eats, but we're not super concerned with eating, blah, blah, blah. So gave her some medicine, drank everything like that. But uh, last night she was uh, she was demanding. So Peppa the Pig was on the TV last night. I tried to watch as much as I could on the phone. Uh, that really wasn't working out. I got a little tired myself. So I ended up catching all the replays. So at the end of the show, like I did uh, last week, Dan Tom, who works at MMA Junkie, I now followed him on Twitter. Um, I think he he he's he, I think he's a handicapper. I'm not sure if he is, but he does talk about the lines a lot. I absolutely love his name, Dan Tom. I, I kind of roasted him last week because I've never heard of him before. But he does like the grading of the contender series. And I'm going to, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if if Dan Tom matches up to my gradings. Because I thought it was actually a pretty good show. I thought there were some talented guys there last night. Um, 
So, yeah, so we'll do that. We'll do that at the end of the show. We're going to recap San Antonio, get into some news, some sad news and whatnot like that. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. All right. Yep. Woo. I need smelling salts. You know, pardon my take, guys. If you're a fan of Barstool, they'll, they'll post on Instagram that they do the, they'll smell the smelling salts and they'll get fired up. I think I'd pass out if I smelled one, but this no caffeine thing is rough. I used to be, I don't know if it's because I'm getting old. Um, but the last time I like, I, you know, on a Sunday night, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have, you know, I'm, I'm going to, most of the guys I know that diet, that work out a lot, they're in good shape. They kind of let it go on the weekends, at least one day. Right. And Sunday's the day I'm just a lazy piece of shit. I wish I could record on Sunday. Typically the wife and I have, have things planned. Her and I love our Sundays together. So I don't want to record. And it's like my only day to be like lazy Saturday. My wife works. I'm with the baby all day. I'm, you know, I'm on her schedule. And then, um, you know, Monday through Friday I work. So Sunday would be ideal to record right after, right after the event. But, uh, I'm just, I just, I'm just too goddamn lazy. Anyway, a couple Sundays ago, I had like two Mountain Dews. I think, uh, I had like a fountain and I had like a 20 ounce throughout the day. Nothing late. I wasn't drinking like a Mountain Dew at 11 o'clock, even though not even a year ago, I could drink a 20 ounce of Mountain Dew. I could probably drink a two liter Mountain Dew. And fucking go right to sleep. Now I can't do that. I was up all fucking night. My body was like, my system was broken. So I've obviously stayed away from that stuff. But uh, uh, it's so weird how your body can change when you get older. So I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld. And Jerry Seinfeld said that. He goes, you know, I used to be able to eat a full meal and go right to bed. Now I can't do that. I'm the same way. I got to like get up and walk around and do something after I eat. I, I You know, laying down fucks up with your indigestion and all that stuff like that. Getting old, man. Getting fucking old. Speaking about getting old. And being a dad and being a father and all that shit. Uh, I think I told you guys a couple weeks ago, I, I, I took a Tuesday off to get my brakes fixed. Brakes in the car, squeaking, uh, grinding a little bit, go up to this local shop. I want to shout them out, but, you know, I'm not going to. It, it's hard to find a good mechanic in this world, and these guys are, are, are really good. I remember being like a young 20-something-year-old in my car, and I know nothing about cars, nothing. And my, my old Saturn that I had, <clears throat> like a 1999 Saturn, just was like puttering. It was so bad. And I lived across town at the point I, I was living with my buddies um, from where this garage was at, which is in where I currently live now, which is I live maybe 10 minutes away from where I grew up. Garage is, is pretty much right in the middle of there. Um, and so I, I went to two different places out where I used to live at. And they're both like, all right, well, it's going to cost $100. You got to pay $100 now. We can't get the car until Thursday. And uh, we're going to do a full diagnostic to tell you what's wrong. I'm like, I don't have till Thursday, man. I got to go to work. This fucking thing's puttering all over the place. So finally, I made it. It was probably about a 10-minute drive, 15-minute drive. I drove all the way over to across town, pissing people off because my car wasn't, you know, it's a populated suburban area. Um, and then I go to this place. This is probably the second or third time I went there. I went there once to get a tire changed. Guy comes out and goes, can I drive around the block? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Drives around the block, comes out and goes, I'll bet you anything it's your alternator. Or I mean, yeah, alternator. But I can't be sure. But let me, let's pop the hood. Pops the hood. I'm sitting there 20 minutes. He goes, yeah, it's the alternator. We got to fix that. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and fix it. I want to give you all my money. So I go there for my brakes. Great price. Get my brakes done, you know, whatever. Um, wife comes and my wife's AC went out in her car. So we wanting to get that fixed. We have like car people in the family, I guess, like my in-laws, uh, my father-in-law has a brother-in-law. If you can follow that, that owns a shop, but he just, he's like 30, 40 minutes away. 
Haven't got to him yet. And my wife comes home and goes, my brakes are really bad. And I go, okay, we'll see about that. I get in the car. I try to take her to work so she can take my car. These things, I was going to start a fire. It, they were grinding so bad. It went from no problem to grinding. So within two weeks, I had to go back up and get two brake jobs. So that's always fun. Money, money, money. Just spending it. But the good thing is, is uh, I went to, I, I like giving money to, they're a smaller garage and like fucking Midas. So I like giving money to a smaller garage that take care of me and they don't bullshit you and they're not trying to rip you off, especially a guy like me who knows nothing about anything. But the but the last little thing here before we get to all the MMA, when I went in there, I was going to talk to him about the AC. I tried to get him on the phone. It's, it, he's quite busy. Tried to tell him about the AC. He ran a, uh, uh, like he tried to uh, see if there's a leak and he said the compressor or whatever. This is all mumbo jumbo, but he checked the AC, but he said, if you want the car back today, you're going to need to bring the car back in because, you know, we're kind of busy, whatever. So I go in there just to, to see what my options were to talk to him. And there's this kid. I, I got to ride up there to get my wife's car. Got dropped off. This kid in, it was in another car. He's probably like 18, 19 years old. He like, we pull in at the same time. He like gets out of the, the other car and he like runs in ahead of me. And I'm like, okay, I don't, it's not a fucking race, right? He goes up there. He slaps money down. The guy starts counting. He's like, yeah, this is a, you're short. And the guy's like pulling on his hair like... He's like, they told me 130 because right next to the garage is a, is, is a towing company. So he must have just got towed. They told me 130. And he goes, who told you 130? And he's like, and he's going nuts. He's pulling his hair out. He's like, the guy towed it. He said 130. And he goes, well, it's been here for over 24 hours. So it's a $17 lot fee. Um, you know, if you would have came and got it, it would have been 130. But, you know, it's been over a day. And the guy's like, I only got 130. So the dude kept his cool and was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll just we'll just go 130. Let's go get your car. So he gets the car. He's like, hang on a second to me. So I'm waiting there and I'm on my phone. But bibby bop. All of a sudden I hear yelling. He's yelling at the, the tow truck guy, the guy who towed his car. Ah, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. Gets in his car and it's a tight little space. It's a small space. It's not a huge lot. And there's cars parked everywhere because, you know, they, they do good business. And all of a sudden you just hear, this motherfucker went like 50 from like the back gate all the way up. And it goes right to a pretty busy road, cut someone off. And just, I mean, it was so loud. Everyone that works in the tow trucking and this fucking, um, shop come out and they yell at him. The dude comes back and he's like, he'll be back in like two weeks with his car all busted up and stuff like that. It's just like, how do people live like that? I've got my car towed before and I've been super pissed about it, but it was like some back alley country ass tow truck where literally the guy had dogs, more dogs than employees. And he tried to fuck me around. And luckily my uncle was with me and uh, uh, my uncle was friends with a cop. He was off duty. He was with me. So that didn't happen. But man, these people were nice. And this guy treated them like shit. But um, yeah, shout out to that place. I mean, no one cares. I mean, but if you live in Cincinnati, Ohio, or if you move to Cincinnati, Ohio on the west side, west side, uh, and you want to know a good place for where to get your car taken, <laughs> holler at your boy. Just let me know. I'll figure it out. All right. So uh, I've, I've talked about my low energy. Um, speaking about low energy, UFC San Antonio, very low energy. Um, I thought this card had some good fights, but overall I thought it kind of stunk a little bit. Um, you know, I, I hate to say that because I'm, I'm, I'm such a guy that's like, I'm an old school guy. I've been, I've been around for a long time and I remember the only MMA we got were, were pay-per-views once a month or once every other month. We didn't get I mean, there's a UFC every weekend. I know a lot of hardcore people are saying that's a watered down product. We don't want as many cards. 
I'm I'm different. I want as many cards because you got to put on cards to build talent. Like you can't shove everyone on a pay per view. Maybe have fights on a fight night. Maybe ten or eleven fights. I think that's a sweet spot. Thirteen, twelve, you know, is pushing it or whatever. But have maybe ten, eleven fights. Um, but San Antonio was a little rough. Anyway, I went eight and five on my picks. Not bad. I hit some unders like I always do. I'm the best. I'm just the best there is, man. Um, so DeMar, uh, first fight of the night was Domingo Pilarte versus Philip Calaris. Uh, entertaining fight. I thought it was, it was, it was pretty good kick off the night. Uh, I believe I said on the pick on podcast, it's crazy. Domingo was as high. I had a little value next to Calaris. I picked Domingo. He got, he lost the decision. A lot of people thought Domingo won. I thought it was a pretty good decision. Um, he, you know, he's taking a year off. Essentially, he won the contender series, got a contract. He got took taking a year off. Didn't seem to get all much better from that year off. He's tough, Domingo. I'm talking about Domingo now. He's tough. He's durable. He's a good grappler. He's in it every second. Good cardio, but his stand ups lacking a lot. I think his position is lacking a lot as well. I think he's a good scrambler, but Corrales was the bigger, stronger grappler. Did not really pay dividends in this fight. And Corrales isn't a, a guy that I'm going to be, you know, keep an eye on. By any means, Domingo was a guy a lot of people were high on. Um, this is kind of a step back from. Him. I know it's his first UFC fight. It's his first UFC fight in a year. Could have been jitters or whatever like that. That's fine, but I just I just don't think he showed up for this fight uh, pre- uh, prepared to take on a guy who essentially has a decent record. But he, again, he's not going to be you know beating the door down for a title shot in the next year or so. I mean, that's just my my opinion. No uh, no offense. Next up, you had Mario Bautista versus Jin Son Zhu. This was the underdog I hit. I hit Bautista. I made some money off Bautista, uh, plus 165. I just thought he fought better competition. And with Suzanne being a minus 205, it's crazy. Entertaining fight. Back and forth. Suzanne is a tough dude. Uh, good striking. Good right hand. But a little left to be desired. I don't think he's a full package yet. Bautista is a little more well-rounded everywhere. He put the pressure on him. He was more dynamic. He had more ways to win. I know he won by decision, but he did have more ways to win. Very entertaining fight. One of my fights tonight. I really, really like this. Not because I made money off it, which obviously helped me. That was a big thing for me. I was, I was cheering. I was screaming. I even tweeted out, "Don't you fucking, don't you fuck me, Texas judges?" Because you know it was, it was a closer. I mean, it's close fight, but I did think Batista did enough to win all three rounds. But with Texas judging, you never know. I mean, there's a fight later on this card we'll get to that I think the Texas judges really fucked up, but uh, is what it is. But a nice little underdog hit there. Uh, next up, you had Ray Borg versus Gabriel Silvia. You know, this fight kind of went the way I thought. I thought Silvia, um, I didn't know he was Eric Silva's brother. That was a nice little uh, tidbit when they put it on the on the thing. You know, um, Silva is, I just don't know if he's ready yet. I think this was a big ask for him to take on Ray Borg, who, again, I'm not super high on. Uh, as much anymore. I think he ha- he's had a lot of things iron out with this kid and whatnot. Um, now that he's more focused, I think, but he's going to fight the way he's going to fight, right? He's going to grind you. He's, he's not going to, he went for some submissions or whatever, like, but he's not, but he's not going to knock you out. He's not going to, he's not a killer on the ground. He's got a decent choke, but that's it. Really good in the scrambles. He's a tough out, like, right? He's going to be a tough out at 135, 125, whatever he decides to fight at. Silva just didn't have enough answers and wasn't well round enough. Couldn't, couldn't stop what Borg was doing. It was a good first round for him. I thought Silva won the first round, but Borg slowly took over, had good cardio look. I thought he looked a little out of shape, probably because he's up a weight class. Usually I see him at 125. He's at 135. Looked a little looser. I made a joke. Um, I, I didn't get any backlash from it, so it's not like I'm no, no one like messaged me or whatever. 
Um, I'm a, I'm a softy when it comes to kids now. I mean, even before I had my daughter, I always liked kids. I've always wanted kids. So I've always been a soft spot. With kids. Like any kid's story, it's, it's a soft spot for me. Ray Borg son has dealt with like seizures. He had, he had a brain, a brain problem. He has had several brain surgeries. I think he's fine now. Um, at least for right now, I, I do believe I read somewhere that he maybe when the, when his son gets a little older, there might be another surgery in the works, but for a while there, like people were raising money for him. Brendan Schaub offered to pay medical expenses. He was selling t-shirts. Um, a lot of the MMA community really rallied behind him. It was an awesome story. Um, but Ray Borg obviously got in front of the mic and he was, you know, very emotional. He won his last fight out. He lost his, this is his first win. I believe since having his kid and, uh, he starts crying and then kind of, Dah! like kind of yelling out. And, and I made a joke that it was, he was an ugly cry. Right. I, uh, I believe I posted a, um, Andy Samberg gif where Andy Samberg's crying really ugly. I felt a little guilty about it. Cause I, I wanted to be like, listen, everyone's an ugly crier. Um, I'm so happy that Ray Borg's son is doing better and he, and he was there and he was in the crowd and, and they showed him and little man was happy to see his dad and all that stuff like that. That's great. But I'm going to make the joke because I'm a horrible crier. I'm the ugly. I don't cry often. I'm not the biggest crier in the world. Um, well, I guess, I mean, I tear up now a lot lately, you know, if my daughter does something absolutely sweet or if I, you know, I see something of like an old photo of her, maybe I'll get a little welled up. But I don't like super, super cry hard. Um, but when I do, like when my daughter was born, like when my wife and I got married, my wife thought I was going to cry. She kept asking me, you going to cry? We did the whole reveal thing. I'm facing one way. She shows up. Photographers are there. We see each other. I was just so incredibly happy. She looked so beautiful that like my happiness, I've never, like every time I cried, it's probably been something sad, right? I've never cried happy tears before. But I was just so excited to see her and how beautiful she was. And just, we hadn't been, we weren't married yet. So I was like, you know, let's go, let's fucking go get this ring on your finger. Let's make it official. Um, but, I, you know, and then when, when the baby was coming, uh, my wife goes, you think you're going to cry? And I'm like, I, you know, because I've seen guys cry at weddings when their wife's walking down the aisle. They're crying because they're so happy. I thought I'd do that because I was so happy. I, I didn't. So when she asked me if I'd cry during, during, um, during the, uh, I teared up a little bit when the, when we did the ultrasound. Our heartbeat was good, and we we found out the sex and stuff. I, I I welled up a little bit, but I don't think I cried. So when the baby comes out, and and my wife had a really tough labor, and when the when Winnie came out, <clears throat> my daughter's name's Winnie. I keep saying baby. She's two years old. Her name's Winnie. Uh, when they pulled her out, I literally sobbed. My mom was in the room, and my mom's obviously known me my whole life. Believe it or not, she's never seen me cry like that ever. When I was a kid and I got hurt, I never cried. I toughed it out, right? Never really cried over sad things. Never cried over happy things. This is the first time I ever happy cried. I sobbed. I'm literally wiping my face, like howling, looking like a uh, mother-in-law, cousin, and my mom, and obviously my wife. Tons of nurses and doctors are watching me sob. And they give me the little scissors to cut the umbilical cord. And I'm like, I'm going to cut someone's finger off. Like, give me a fucking second. So... I feel like I can make those jokes because I have cried like that before, like Ray Borg. But listen, I mean, it is what it is. It wasn't the best crying in the world. I, the reason I'm explaining myself, I don't really care if I offend anybody. Uh, no one has said anything. The, the tweet got zero traction. I'm just saying like a lot of people are like retweeting or sending out the video like, look how sweet this is. I kind of went a different way. So if you got pissed off by that, sorry for absolutely fucking nothing. All right. So moving on. You got Roxanne Monica. Roxanne. 
Montefiore versus Jennifer Maya. I had Roxanne in this fight as a plus 100 underdog. She lost rematch. She's 0-2 versus Maya. Maya's got a number. Maya looked good. However, quick drink there, sorry. However, Maya missed weight. And Roxanne tweeted out that she has fought three people that have lost her, have missed weight, and she has lost all three. You know, Roxanne got a cut of the purse. Roxanne could have obviously denied the fight. I know the UFC doesn't like when that happens, but it could have happened. Weight cutting is the big issue. Like, you got to make the weight. You got to cut down and get that. You're quitting after, you know, you were three pounds off. Your body either shut down, it was dangerous, and they told you no, or you kind of quit. Or you didn't prepare right for it. Either way, I do think it's an advantage when someone doesn't weigh in. I mean, if you look at the stats of people that miss weight, you know, the, the amount of times they have won it's it's a pretty crazy strat. So Roxanne, I thought, um, has a gripe there. Although I don't think she fought all that great. I thought she she should have maybe grappled a little more. Maya was really tough to take down. Uh, Roxanne took some big shots. Her striking isn't there yet. It's still very herky-jerky and very mechanical. Um, but she's really good on top. And she's gotten beefier. She's gotten stronger. So if she could have got the fight to the ground, I thought she maybe should have tried a little more to really push the envelope to get it to the ground. Maybe she's worried about getting tired. Maybe she's worried about opening herself up to some punches, knees, whatever, because Maya obviously knows her game. Whatever it was, I don't, you know, it was it was an entertaining fight. Maya looked good. I know she missed weight, so it is what it is. Um, missed on that underdog, Roxanne. But, um, you know, it, I thought that was a smart play there. Next up, we have Sam Alvey versus Kitson Abreu. I took Sam Alvey as my underdog lock of the night. Um, listen, this isn't great. My underdog lock of the night should have been the next fight, Raquel Pennington. Um, but, Sam, listen, I... I I didn't know enough about Kitson Brew. I thought I, I just thought Sam fought really. I think Sam needs to change some things up. I don't think he'll leave the camp. I think he's a very loyal guy. He's got a million kids, so he's not retiring anytime soon. This is three in a row now. He got rocked a couple times in this fight. His defense isn't looking great. His counter-punching people know it's coming. Kitson Brew, a guy who's been finished by strikes before, who isn't a, a stand-up guy, um, was seeing these counters come like he was fucking Anderson Silva, right? The right hook, the left hand. Um, his wife was imploring Sam to go forward. You're winning when you go forward. And when he when he was going forward, he was winning. He's just so prone to be playing the fence game and throwing the counters. Like, let me let him fire and I'll counter. A lot of his knockouts come out that way. But I thought he lost every inch of this fight. And for his surprise that he lost was blew my mind. I don't think it was a I necessarily think a brew ran away with it, but I thought a uh, Kilson won every single round, but I don't think anything was 30, 26 or anything like that. But for Sam Allen to be smiling thinking he won, I mean, the John Vellante decision got to his head. Like he won that fight, which was a controversial decision. Like, what are you doing? Like the video, uh, Mac Nally or Mac Malley can't, I don't know which one it is. It's either McNally, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm mispronouncing it. Guy on Twitter, uh, comment commentates M- uh, MMA, very popular on Twitter, very funny. Um, has good observations. He did like a little funny thing, like you know when I pull out or some shit like that. It was very funny. I liked it on Twitter. Follow him though. Shout out to him. I don't know him. He doesn't follow me, but fuck it. Um, but I I don't know what Sam Avi's doing. Right? He needs a revamp. He needs a revamp. If if any fight that you're going to go forward, it's this fight. Against a guy who's going to want to take you down and a guy who stand-up is, is I mean, he's a big dude. He hits hard. I understand that. His stand-up looked okay, but it wasn't, it's not a killer in there. It's not a savage. It wasn't a fucking savage in there. Um, Sam just needs to do something different. I don't think he'll get cut. Three losses in a row, maybe. I know he moved up to light heavyweight and got some wins there. I, I, I'm not sure what his contract status is. 
Um, I doubt they'll let him go. I mean, he'll, he'll have a place in Bellator because they need light heavyweight. So I will, I'm not worried about where he's going to make a paycheck. However, you need to change things up. The 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 the, the counter fighting right now, people are seeing it. People are recognizing it. Um, it's okay that you have basically three punches to your game. You throw no kicks. Um, you're decent on top. But you, you don't really offer a submission threat. Um, you know, I, I just think your, your, your game needs to evolve and involving as you going forward. Um, missed on that. A little upset about that. Next up, Raquel Pennington versus Irina Donna. Very talented, very good fight. I like this fight a lot. I thought it was crazy. Raquel was as high as she was. I know she's had two ugly losses, but she's fought the top of the top. Her record's not that great. Aldana's a girl coming up. A lot of people like. I love Pennington. I don't know why I picked Sam Allen as my lock of the night. I, I, I wish I would go back to past Brian and slap him in his fucking face. Either way, I hit on Raquel Pennington. I lost. I put put her in a parlay with Sam and I lost. So uh, that's a wash altogether. But um, I thought she looked great. I should have bet this solo. I should have bet this straight up like I did Batista. Um, but I did not. I, I threw this in a parlay because I was very confident in, I guess, both these picks. But she looked great. Her striking's good. Her focus is back. She's incredibly tough. She's a tough out for anybody at 135. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she makes her way to another title shot. The 135 is a little thin. Her Amanda Nunes had a, not a, I wouldn't say a close fight, but Amanda Nunes didn't knock her out in the first round. Amanda Nunes is knocking everybody out in the first round. Um, so I could see like maybe one day if Raquel wants a shot and she gets enough wins, she can do it. She's going to run some problems. Um, I think, I feel like she can maybe cut the 25. She doesn't seem that big of a girl and, and, and she's not like super jacked or ripped. I feel like a 125 cut could be interesting for her. You know me, I'm not a big advocate on weight cutting, but I think, I feel like she can do it. Um, big, big win for there for, uh, Raquel. Next up, Alex Aceres versus Steven Peterson. Entertaining fight. Caceres, again, uh, Steven Peterson's just a punchy bag at this point. Great chin. Um, but, I mean, listen. Caceres broke his left hand on this dude's face. Probably broke his foot on this dude's face. Caceres ran a lot. He circled a lot. He angled a lot. He fought really smart. Peterson, another guy that was very upset by the decision. Don't really know why. I had Caceres winning this pretty easily. Um, I thought it was it was maybe a little closer than when the judges thought, but I thought Caceres fought really smart after coming out and losing the Chrome, which was kind of an ugly loss because there was some buildup to it. That's a big, high-profile name. You got submitted by a guy that you probably should have known that was going to try to submit you. Steven Peterson, a guy, tough as they come, but listen, he's, you know, he's going to start winning, right? I don't know what his skills are, what separates him. He's got cardio. He's got good chin. Doesn't really have that big of power. I'm not worried about his power. Uh, you know, if I was in that division, I wouldn't be worried about his power. So I don't know where he's going to get his wins at, right? I, I just don't know where it's going to happen. Thought fought really smart. Got that fight right. Next up, you got Andre Lasky versus Big Ben. Um, you know, this fight went exactly opposite of how I thought. I picked Big Ben. Um, he was a he was a pretty heavy favorite. He's my lock in the night as well. Got that wrong. That stinks. When I pick a lock in the night favorite and he loses, that stinks. Um, listen, Andre Lasky is having a career resurgence right now. His chin is w- what happened? Did he get a fucking chin implant? What, can you shoot steroids in your chin? I don't know what's going on. I, I thought he fought a really smart fight. They both got pretty tired, but he tagged up Ben Rothwell. Here, Ben Rothwell, uh, Andre didn't get hurt at all. Ben Rothwell, big dude, hits hard. He's got some weird slapping style with his elbow real high. It's kind of an awkward punching style that he does. But he's a big freakish fucking dude from Wisconsin. Like he's a or Minnesota, wherever. No, he's from Kenosha. Um, yeah, King of Kenosha. Listen, this fight didn't go as I expected. I thought Ben Rothwell would knock out Andre. 
He did not. He didn't even hurt him. Andre looked good. Maybe, I mean, he's changed camp so many times that he's picking up the knowledge. Everyone says he's hungry. He wants to fight. He is, you know, he's in it to get maybe back to the title, which I think is crazy. But, you know, more power to Andre. He's been around for a while. He's, you know, still getting paid. He was a plus 155 underdog. I missed. Upset about that. Uh, just didn't think this fight was close. I, I got, I was, this is the fight that bothers me the most because I was way wrong. But what happens to both guys' careers? Listen, Ben's dropped two now. He's been busted with steroids at least twice, I think. Um, he's an older guy, 36, 37. Maybe even a little older than that, my sure's age. Um, he's a name, though, right? He's a name that the, the young heavyweight division, that if you're trying to build up, you're going to want to get a guy to get in there and get a win against a guy like Ben Rothwell. Could become a gatekeeper, could make some money at the end of the day. Um, not really sure. Andre, obviously, he just won, so... He's going to go on. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, Walt Harris, I think, would be an interesting matchup for Andre Arlovsky. If they fought again, Walt looked great on this card. We'll get to Walt later. But heavyweight division is so spread out right now. I really need to see what I mean. It's literally like three guys. It's DC, it's Stipe, and it's Francis. I mean, Derek Lewis is up there too, but he, you know, he's we've seen his fights against the top. I mean, he's kind of a distant from all those. There's three guys in that division. If someone wants to come up from like heavyweight, like John Jones, that's a little different story, but um, yeah, I don't know where you go from this. Anyway, next up, you got Francis, Francisco Trinaldo versus Alex Hernandez. One of the worst fights I've ever seen. Um, Hernandez, a guy that's getting hyped a lot. I, I haven't bought the hype. I picked him the one. He won the fight. Very controversial decision. They didn't do anything. They danced around the whole time. I hated this fight. I typically don't hate fights and I, and I would never boo in public. Never boo fighters. I'm going to chirp you online. I said this fight stinks, and I stand by it. It did stink. I don't like when you don't engage, right? Francis Aganyu, Derek Lewis, they just didn't engage. These guys didn't engage. None of them want to make a mistake. Trinaldo's 40, hasn't fought in a little bit. Need to get a win. Hernandez got embarrassed by Cerrone. Need to get a win in his hometown. None of them took chances. It, you could have flipped a coin for who won this fight. I thought it was crazy that it wasn't a split decision. I was... Shocked that one judge didn't see it for Trinaldo. Um, could that have been home cooking? Sure. I don't know. That's crazy to me. One judge should have, should have seen it for Trinaldo. He damaged Hernandez. But literally, they I think they threw... Anik read out the stats on his podcast. I think they threw like 25 strikes each or something like that. Or they landed at 25. I think Hernandez threw 91 strikes and landed at like 25 strikes. Significant strikes. Un, that's such a low output. They literally... It was like a sparring session where... Uh, you know, one guy was wearing, they both were wearing like 12 ounce gloves and no headgear and they didn't want to like really hurt each other. They were dancing around the whole time. It was just, it was a really lackluster fight. I think Hernandez, a guy who had this huge ego, got humbled. I think this fight's going to humble him more. He got booed in his hometown. No one really thought he won. Um, just an ugly showing by both guys. If I was UFC brass, I'd be disgusted with that fight. Didn't love the matchup for either of them, but you got to go out there and perform on the main stage on ESPN. Uh, biggest fight for both these guys' lives. I don't. I, I can't recall the last time Trinaldo was on a main card, especially ESPN, let alone a pay per view. Maybe a Brazilian card, but I mean, you got to show out, and it just it just didn't happen. It was it was a weird fight, and uh, I hated it. I hated every minute of it. Next up, we have James Vick versus Daniel Hooker. Got this fight wrong, uh, right? Excuse me. Big Dan Hooker fan. I thought Dan Hooker looked great. Uh, got tagged a few times. James Vick is a guy that's coming off three losses now. That's two back-to-back losses. This is his, his uh, third one, second knockout loss uh, in as many as fights with three fights. 
Felder to knock him out, which begs the question, can we really question Paul Felder's power now? Everyone talks about it. he's this big 55er that hits hard. Could it knock out Vic? I don't even think he dropped Vic. Uh, Gaethje put him out. Now Hooker put him out. I mean, I don't know how fucking powerful Paul Felder is if he's not knocking out James Vic, who is prone to the same things. Uh, James Vic, I think, is a talented dude. I think he's good on the ground. He's big for that weight class. He's got decent boxing. He just has really bad defensive issues. And um, his chin obviously isn't going to be there when you keep taking really clean shots. Dan Hooker threw an amazing off. It was like a check left hook, like jumping in left hook, jab. He set it up like he was throwing a jab, and he kind of came in with a left hook right on the chin. Didn't see it coming. Put him down, finished him on the ground. Root this stuff. It was a pretty competitive fight. Um, Kenny Florian was talking about how he hated the fight for Vic. I actually thought this was a good fight for Vic. I, I, you know, in hindsight, you look back on it. Okay, you're taller than Hooker. Hooker's usually taller than everybody he fights. I'm going to be the bigger man in there, which kind of throws people off. Um, I just thought it was a, a really... Um, sorry, my ear itched. I thought it was a really good fight for both guys. I thought it was right where they needed to be. Coming off two losses, Hooker coming off one ugly loss to Barboza. Um, Hooker, I thought outclassed him. I mean, James Vick did have a laying a good punch, kind of kind of buzz Hooker in there a little bit. Thought it was very competitive. I thought it'd be on uh, played on the ground a little bit more because um, I think Vick might have had an advantage on the ground just a little bit. I do think Hooker's pretty good there, but. He wants to keep the fight standing most of the time. But I thought James uh, uh, Dan Hooker looked great. I would love to see him on the Melbourne card um, uh, with, with, with Adesanya in uh, Whitaker. He trains with Adesanya. I, I would love to see that. Him on there. Ali Quinta, I think he called out. Uh, if Paul Felder or, or Moy, I don't think he should rematch that in Barboza. <clears throat> Paul Felder's a fight. I think he even called out Paul Felder to Paul Felder's face a couple fights ago. So uh, big bounce back win for Dan Hooker there. <clears throat> Good for him. Let me take a drink before I get to the next fight here. All right. Next fight was um, Greg Hardy versus Juan Adams. Listen, when you got a podcast like Pardon My Take, who who doesn't cover MMA ever, when you got them talking about Greg Adams and why he's fighting in the UFC, you know you got an issue. When you got my buddy who doesn't listen to this podcast, really good friend of mine, um, doesn't listen to this podcast and he hasn't heard me rant rave about Greg Hardy. He listens to part of my take, heard that he texted me and goes, Hey, Greg Hardy's not in the UFC, right? Like part of my take got it wrong. I go, no, he's in the UFC. He shocked, right? Cause he's a football fan. He knows Greg Hardy's history. It's it, you know, listen, I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything prepared for this. Listen, Greg Hardy is a guy who has a checkered pass, right? Now, a lot of people have a checkered pass. A lot of people do have um, done some horrible things that maybe I'm not as hard on. I sat back for myself because when Greg won on Saturday, I got really mad. I kind of looked out of myself as hippie as new age as it. And I said, why do, why do I have such a problem with this? I don't like any woman beaters, right? You, you lay your hand on a woman. You're a fucking piece of shit in my book. You're done. All right. No second chances for me. However, I, I don't mind Floyd Mayweather, who has several charges against him when him hitting his wife. And I think he's admitted to it. Um, I think he got put in jail for it, right? Um, so when you have a guy like Floyd Mayweather where it's not necessarily I don't care about him, um, but I, I, don't, I watch him fight and I don't like root against him. Like I'm rooting against Greg Hardy. Um, I'm not sure why, right? I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because 
of all the money that he pissed away and, and the amount of second chances he has had. Maybe it's the quotes that he's saying because he hasn't done anything. He hasn't fought anybody. He's talking about he's a Michael Jordan of MMA. He wants to go box. He wants to do all these things. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really tough on him. And a lot of people are defending him, saying he's a class act. He's a professional, all that stuff. That's great. But I'm never going to root for the guy. I'm never going to like him. Um, I picked this fight. It was a dead even fight. I picked Juan Adams basically because of the wrestling. Juan shot in. I thought he looked pretty good standing up. They were trading jabs. Uh, neither of them landed anything significant. They both seemed really uncomfortable standing up uh, with, with one throwing punches at each other. He went for a single leg. Greg Hardy did a great job of stuffing it. Get, I mean, was very powerful, strong hips. Juan just didn't give up the single leg, and Greg Hardy pounded him out. I have no problem with the stoppage. None at all. When you're Juan Adams, you have to move. Mergliata's yelling at you, give up the single. Fall to your back, circle out. Give up the single, grab the waist, do anything. You have to get out of there. You hung on to that single too long. You were taking huge shots by a big guy. You got up kind of woozy, so you know the shots were affected. You were bleeding, so it's like shots actually got in and, and, and hit you. You can complain about stoppage all you want. That was a really dumb move to, to just hang on to the single while you're getting your fucking head pounded. Um, I have no problem with the dance that Greg Hardy did either. I know a lot of people are talking about how Dan Mergliata, old Dexstein Dan, shook his head in disgust as he walked away. This is his second time refing a Greg Hardy fight. Obviously, you got to be a little more professional than that. I get it. Uh, you know, Dan Mergliata obviously doesn't love Greg Hardy with, with his checkered past. They can't blame him. But when you're in there, you kind of got to, you know, you kind of got to let that go. You're representing the athletic commission, not your own personal opinions, Right. Um, same thing with me. I work for a company where I represent the company at that time. If I walk in to a place and it's fucking, you know, um, you know, like a Scientology, you know, no offense to Scientology. I just, I'm not a big advocate of Scientology and I walk in and, you know, it's like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm not going to deliver there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk into that place. You know what I mean? That's, it's, um, that's not my personal opinion. That's, I represent a company. I might not like it, but I'm, you know, I'm getting paid by a company to do a job. So I represent the company. So Dan, a little unprofessional. I have no problem with the dance. I have no problem with it. He was excited that he won. This was a fight where a guy was talking a lot of shit. He kind of went personal. He talked to his uh, baby mama, whoever he fucking smacked up, that he reached out to her, Juan Adams did. This got ugly, quick. Um, no, this was his biggest fight. He was almost, I mean, his third fight away, the third fight, third last fight of the night. Big win for Greg Hardy. I have no problem with him celebrating that. I have a problem with just the fundamental problem with Dan, uh, Greg Hardy. I almost said Dan Hardy. Greg Hardy. Um, I'm never probably going to come around. I, I I just, you know, I, I have a feeling that he's going to fuck up again. I have a feeling that his head's already getting pretty big. Um, you keep giving him more wins. Keep training and all that stuff like that. I think his ego's going to get even bigger. Um, and I guess in a way, I guess I said this to my buddy who who want the, the, who doesn't follow MMA and want the details... I guess I said, listen, I, you know, I kind of want to see him win so he can fucking lose because the day he loses, not Alan Crowder loses, but loses, like gets knocked out or gets finished by pretty much anybody in the top 10 is going to be a happy day for me. So I guess I want to see him win. I don't know. It's just hard. I, I just have a, a tough, tough stomach, tough time stomaching that this giant athlete of a man, this big man, this big, strong guy, even before MMA, they're teaching him how to properly hurt somebody so he can you know, he's learning proper techniques to go hurt 
his girl, his wife, his kid, his fucking anybody, right? The guy obviously has some kind of issue. I don't know if that's going to stop, right? Um, he was a young guy when it happened and all that. Everyone deserves a second chance, but this is like his fourth or fifth chance. I'm going to lay off the Greg Hardy thing for a little bit. I'm not going to harp on it as much um, because there are other fighters out there or anybody out there that has smacked at their woman or, or wife or whatever. And, and, and as much as I disagree with it and I hate him, I'm not as hard on them as I am Greg Hardy. And I got to figure out why. I don't know what it is. All right. Co-main main event. Co-main Walt Harris versus Alexia Lennon got this fight right. Should have put big money on Walt Harris. Completely destroyed Alexia Lennon. <clears throat> Alexia Lennon, if you watch the fight back, he felt really awkward. He had to get helped out. I thought he broke his fucking, I thought his ACL was gone. It was his lower leg. He broke a bone in his lower leg, which is <clears throat> which is absolutely brutal. Walt Harris, a guy uh, who I wasn't super high on, still not. Really fast hands. I want to see him in there with someone that's going to push him a little bit because that's really going to tell me a lot. If, if he can hang in there. With a guy that's going to push him to the brink, if he, you know, because I've seen him quit before, a lot of weird circumstances. Some of his fights, I think he's a gamer. I think he's getting better. He's a little older. His time is now. I know uh, heavyweights usually peak a little later in life. Um, he's thirty six, I think. So this is the time now. These next two years are really going to say a lot. I think his management team, Walt Harris, had this should really do some smart matchmaking. Andre Arlovski's a fight. I would even take a Ben Rothwell fight. Um, there's some fights out there for Walt Harris that could really propel him to, I mean, listen, they always need contenders at heavyweight. Maybe, you know, I mean, maybe he's matching up with Francis Aganyu in, in a, in a couple months. I don't know. Main event was, uh, was, was Rafael Dos Anjos versus Leon Edwards. I had Leon Edwards in this fight as well. And he won, um, clinical performance by Leon Edwards. I wouldn't say it was the most exciting performance. He w really fought really, really smart. He really did. He came out. He landed some takedowns early, which caught RDA by surprise. His elbow, his left elbow, is some of the best in the game. In the clinch, standing up. His punches looked sharp. RDA was game the whole time, though. He's in his face. Um, no doubt in my mind that you know Leon won that fight, but uh, he really showed a lot of evolution. He really kept RDA guessing. I don't think RDA ever thought in a million years he would get taken down, and he did. Leon looked good. Leon looked big and strong. Dan Hardy made this observation forever going his podcast. Leon Edwards has a really thin waist for that division, um, but he's big. He's, he's a thick kid. He's not small for 170 at all, but if you look at his waist, it's really, really thin. Um, I thought Leon looked great though. What I don't like about Leon is just like I don't like about Masvidal is you're never going to win this battle when you're in the UFC. He's trying to call a shot. I want Jorge, George, Masvidal, Street Jesus, or a title shot or I'm not fighting. Jorge Masvidal says, title shot or McGregor or I'm not fighting. We got Robbie and Colby fighting in August 3rd, day before my birthday, no big deal. Um, I'm sure the winner is going to go title shot or I'm sitting. If Colby wins, it's hard to deny him a title shot unless he's not ready for November. August, October, September. Wait, I did not fucking August, September, October, November. So that gives him all the rest of the month of August to kind of chill after going through camp, getting back into camp sometime September to get ready for November. That might be tough because I feel like Colby's going to get fucked up. I, you know, he might win against Robbie, but if he wins, he'll still get fucked up. Robbie's Robbie fucking Lawler. 
So I hate that these fighters are doing that. I hate that Leon's trying to call a shot. Listen, you're in no position. You were ranked 12th before this fight. Now you're going to be in top five, maybe top six, maybe. You're not getting a title shot. Why would you Why would you do that? I know you want a title shot. You got eight wins, nine wins in a row. Great. You got some good wins in there. But you're not getting one. You're going to have to fight again because it's a log jam at 170. I think Jorge's going to get the shot in November and then Col- we'll fight the winner of Colby Robbie. Leon Edwards, you're going to sit out for a year till you get a title shot. So you're going to be rusty for a year. I mean, I just think it's silly that these guys do that. I don't understand why they do that because the UFC doesn't respond well to this. Jorge Masvidal has been around forever. He's got two electric wins. Everyone's talking about him. It makes sense that he would fight Usman. American Top Team versus Hard Knocks 365. Usman was on the Ultimate Fighter against American Top Team. It's it's a story built in a story. Um, I don't think him and Masvidal have any bad blood per se, but you know, it's a fight that could happen. It should happen. Colby obviously is calling everybody out, so Colby might be the money fight, but they booked him with Robbie. I, you know, I don't know. So I just, I don't like when fighters do that. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. A uh, little bit of a sad news in the boxing world. We don't, we don't really cover boxing a lot, but uh, Maxim Dadashev, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. He died. Uh, he had a fight over the weekend. A video got released of Buddy McGirt, his trainer, begging him to stop the fight. Let me stop it, Maxim. Let me stop, Max. Let me stop. We're taking too many hits, Max. I'm stopping it. Max obviously was in the corner kind of responding, but... Um, he's definitely concussed. He had he had a glassy eye look to him. And Buddy McGirt, a, a trainer that's been around forever, really, really made the right call and stopped that fight. He got transported to the hospital um, with a severe concussion. They did an MRI or a CAT scan or, or whatever they do, and they saw that he had some brain bleeding. So he had emergency surgery. And then uh, I guess they had to go back in or something because it was bleeding on his right side. He had a hematoma on his brain. And then they had to go back in or something like that. And and I don't really know the exact details or whatever, but he he the reason he passed was because of the boxing match that he had. He had a hematoma in his brain. His brain was bleeding, it was swelled up. Something similar happened to Zab Judah not too long ago. But uh he was 28 years old. I think he had 29 fights, 30 fights maybe. And um, you know, he he was he was died way too soon. But um, it's really chilling to watch the the video because the video was getting going around before we knew he was in hospital. And then when he was in the hospital and he had surgery, um, I think reports came out that he was stable after surgery. And everyone's like, wow, look at this video. This is crazy. And then when he died, it's really chilling to watch. You know, um, boxing is, I mean, listen, all combat sports are, are, are incredibly dangerous. Uh, I've always made the argument that MMA is safer than boxing. I stand by that boxing, you know, I mean, the, this Maxim Dadasev gentleman who I did not, did not know before this, he had 29 fights or whatever like that. Who knows how many amateur fights he has. I know like Lomachenko had like 200. That's, you know, 200 fights getting punched in the head. That's 200 training camps, sparring. Um, you just get hit in the head a lot more as a boxer and you just gotta be, you gotta be extra careful. Um, a story like this just shows you I'm not brave enough to be an MMA fighter, any kind of fighter, because I'm such like a hypochondriac uh, panic guy that if I read this story and I was fighting on the contender series, I would spire out of control because it's like, holy shit, that, you know, this is real life. Like, obviously, everyone knows that and there's always a risk going in there and every fighter p- assumes that risk and 
but no one, you know, you have to put, you can't have that in your brain if you want to be successful. Me, I couldn't get out of my brain. So there's, that, there's, that's reason number 50 why I would have never made it as a fighter. But um, it, it's, it's a scary thing, you know? I mean, this happens a lot more in boxing than MMA. People are going to say the Tim Hank thing who, who died, but it was he actually died in a boxing match as well with years of abuse to his brain. In MMA and boxing, he was doing both. But um, just, you know, sad stuff all around. Um, boxing and MMA are, are you know, it's, it, it's a dysfunctional family, but they're in the same family. They're in the same class. I enjoy boxing. Um, unfortunately, I did not know this gentleman's career or anything like that, but saw the video. It was, it, it, it's pretty chilling, and uh, my heart goes out to his family. I know he had a wife who just gave a speech, and uh, I think he had kids, and it's just, um, it's tough stuff. It's tough stuff, so, um, yeah. All thoughts, all thoughts to Maxim and his family. Next little two things here. Um, John Jones, you know, I'm, I'm recording. Uh, we're going to do UFC 240, right? Is that what it is? What is, uh, what is Max? And is that 240? Yeah. UFC 240, maybe 241. Um, I don't know. Yeah. The, the pay-per-view this weekend. Sorry. I don't know the number. I'm recording that with Devin tomorrow. Um, before, um, we we get to the fights. We're gonna do we're gonna do a couple of topics of what he thinks about things. He sends me stuff all the time. Very in tune with the MMA world. Um, he lives on the West Coast. You know, he lives on Western Coast time. So he get he sends me stuff when I'm dead asleep. So I wake up to some news like oh shit. Um, but he was all over this John Jones thing. John Jones apparently slapped a stripper's vagina in April, and then Arizona, Albuquerque. I'm not really sure where he's at. Uh, and John is, is, is defending himself online saying, you know, people are coming at him. He's like, listen, you don't know the whole story Yeah, The same old, same old stuff. Listen, one thing I know is strip clubs have about a bazillion cameras. It's going to come out. They're prosecuting him. Um, there's obviously some evidence there and it's just like, can this guy just once not get in trouble for a whole calendar year? You have kids, you have a fiance, you're very famous. What are you doing in a strip club? Okay. And if you're in a strip club, fine. Uh, strip clubs aren't for me. I necessarily don't like them. But if you're in there, whatever. What are you doing slapping a stripper's vagina? What are you doing just being an idiot? We'll get into more of that tomorrow with, with Devin. But it's just the same old shit with John Jones. He's impossible to be a fan of his when he fucks up like this. I just, and he's deflecting now. Like he, he was answering questions. He's always said December. I'm fighting in December. Now he's saying, you know what? I want to fight at Madison Square Garden in New York, even though he came out months ago and said he'll never fight in New York because of the taxes are crazy. Which one is it? He's deflecting now because, you know, he doesn't want people talking about this. It's, God, it's always something with this fucking guy. And imagine the stuff that hasn't came out. Imagine the stuff that he's done that hasn't came out because he's probably got a team around him now that buries a lot of this shit. The only reason this came out is because they're prosecuting him. They're going, they're going forward with it. I just, the guy's enough. Enough for me. Uh, Chris Wyman's making his light heavyweight debut with Dominic Reyes in Boston in October, I believe. I love this fight for Wyman. I'm a, I'm kind of a Wyman fan. I, you know, he, he's from the same town my mom's from. I've always kind of rooted for him. He's never been one of my guys per se, but I, I you know, when he beat Kevin Gaslam, I, I, you know, in Long Island, I freaked out. I loved it. One of my, you know, I love that fight. I went, I was going to say favorite fight. Wasn't one of my favorites, but I do love that fight. I love this fight for Wyman. Reyes is an up-and-comer guy who is right there for John Jones. I've heard Corey Anderson's fighting John Jones now in November. He's the guy getting the next shot over Jones. 
the winner of this fight could very well get the next fight over Jones after Anderson and Jones. Um, and then you got Johnny Walker waiting in the wings. I think Johnny Walker needs to fight maybe two more times before he's ready for a guy like John Jones. He's very young. If he comes out against a really top guy at light heavyweight, like Jan Blahovich or, um, God, who else? I mean, not Luke Rockhold, but you know, oh God, why can't I think of any light heavyweights? Uh, Lilia Latifi, there's one. If he comes out and he fucking wrecks one of those dudes who are kind of mid-level, not elite, but tough dudes, if he comes out there and does what he's been doing to those guys, then yeah, I think he'd probably be ready for John Jones. Um, I mean, I mean, there's it, light heavyweight's a little thinner, so a Dominic Reyes matchup would be great. A Chris Wyman matchup would be great, but I don't see those fights happen. Wyman versus Reyes in Boston, I love it. I love the fight. Early predictions, I'm telling you, I really I'm leaning towards Wyman. I don't Reyes is a big, thick dude. You ever seen that guy's back? His back's like a fucking movie screen. Thick kid. However, I just think Wyman at 205 is gonna be a good weight for him. I think he cut too much weight for 85. I think he's gonna be more concentrated on his skill than he is um trying to lose the weight in the camp. And I think if he goes back to his wrestling, I think it'll be right. He's really slow though. His punches are really slow. So early predictions, Wyman, though. And I, I would imagine Wyman's going to open a pretty big underdog. Another fight that got announced was Ben Askren versus Damian Maya. It's being discussed for September when Askren's medical suspension's over. Maybe they'll fight in October. Um, I actually love this fight. I don't do a ton of fight announcements on here, but Askren Maya is a fight I would really love to see. Ben Askren's really good on the ground. Damian Maya, no one wants to go to the ground with him. I don't see Ben Askren wanting to stand up with Damian Maya. I see this fight being awesome. Um, you know, it, I love a good ground fight. I love a good scramble, high level stuff. And if you watch Ben Ashkin rolling with Marcelo Garcia years ago, and Garcia was tapping him with guillotines, or if you watch Ashkin rolling with with Shields years ago when Ashkin just started doing MMA, it's it's really impressive stuff. Really curious to see how that fight plays out. I actually love that fight a lot. I think that'd be a really really entertaining fight. All right, last thing here, Dan Tom from MMA Junkie. He uh, ranks all the contender series, gives them grades. So last night, some good fights. There was a kid that fought last year with diabetes. He fought again against a a Jersey um, Zabip guy. Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but he's a Jersey guy. He's a Frankie Edgar guy. Uh, they fought in like the main event or whatever. <clears throat> There's some really good fights. First fight of the night was Billy Quarantillo versus Camilo Kirk. Camilo Kirk, a little bit of an ego to him. Thought he was going to really steamroll this fight. Billy came out. Uh, he fought in the Ultimate Fighter before, lost. Trains with Steamroller Favola down in Florida, kind of a smaller camp there. Would like to maybe see him get with a bigger camp. Um, listen, Camilo, you know, he moved well. Um, his striking was not that good. He tried to take the fight to the ground. Quant- uh, Quarantello, Billy. Billy's easier to say. He looked decent. I think his striking looked a little wired. I liked his cardio. I thought he was a killer in there. I thought he went after it when Camelo was hurt. Um, decent ground game on him. Good wrestling. Uh, really impressed with his cardio, though, because he really, when Camelo started getting hurt and slowing down, Billy really ramped it up. Body shots, head shots, TKO third round. That's not easy to do. Dan Tom gave him an A. Um... Yeah, I would say A. I, I, I'm i going to agree with you, Dan Tom, on this one. I think Billy was probably ready for the UFC before this. 
Um, I thought he put in enough work. Uh, I don't love the camp that he's at. I don't know how good he's going to get down there. I know that's crazy saying that. It's just, you know, uh, I know there's camps all over in Florida, but, you know, I've never really heard of this camp before. And I don't remember, remember him on the, the Ultimate Fighter. I know he lost to Saul Rogers. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll give him an A. For the night, I'll give him an A. So, Dan Tom, you're, you're one for one there, pub. Buddy bud. Next up, uh, we had Jamal Hill. Light heavyweight versus Alexander Popek, TKO punches. Um, Jamal Hill looked great, right? Uh, he, he was a guy that I've never heard of. I looked at his record, was unfamiliar with him. Um, Popek was a guy who was a German guy who just keeps talking about how he wants to be another great German fighter and all this stuff like that. They came out uh, swinging. Uh, Hill stayed composed, was nodding his head. They traded big kicks. Um, I like Hill's confidence. He'll put punches together and in that second round came out and, and, and ended up stopping him with just a barrage of punches. And he looked really good. He looked really complete, looked really well-rounded. Well-rounded. Can't say that word. Um, oops. Um, but I like this kid. I think he's good. I think he has a lot of talent. I like that he's a light heavyweight. I mean, he's a big, tall kid. Maybe he could cut that 85, but I, I would stay, stay at light heavyweight. His punches look good. His kicks look good. Um, I'm worried about his diversity. I'm worried about uh, how much his game he could really use against a really top striker. You know, if he goes over into the UFC at light heavyweight division, I think a guy like Jan Blahovich, I want to keep talking about Jan, but I think Jan would chew this guy up standing up. I think um, a guy like uh, Yelia Latifi would, would really challenge this guy's wrestling. Corey Anderson obviously would challenge this kid's wrestling. So I think there's... You know, he's not ready yet, but I think it's good. Uh, Dan Tom gave him an A. I would give him a B plus. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked sharp. I thought he was smart. I love his swag. I love his confidence. At the end of the fight, uh, when he was interviewing, he said, like, oh, this dude, I knew when I took this fight, I was going to beat him. Like, I like that. I like that confidence that came off genuine. It wasn't forced. He believes in himself, and, and, and I thought he had a really good showing. Really good showing. Next up, who you got, Dan Tom? J.J. Okonovich versus Christian Lozen. This is a fight I was actually looking forward to. I didn't know much about J.J. He trains at AKA. Uh, Christian Lozen was a guy that I, I've seen some submission highlights of him. Looked really good. Almost submitted J.J. in the first round. Uh, Christian did several times. He had, um, what did he have? He had a Darce, but he was kind of trying to finish it weird. He was kind of sitting on his chest trying to finish it. Turned a Darce into a triangle in a mounted triangle and just couldn't get him out of there. And then just got gassed. Um, Christian's a young kid, MMA family, both his parents trained jujitsu trained that. I think he, it's like his parents school, which I don't love. Cause I don't know how good he's going to be. You know what I mean? I don't know how, how much better he's going to be. Hopefully he's in California. He's in Lodi. So hopefully he can get some looks. There's a lot of talent out in California. Hopefully you can go get some looks at other gyms. Yeah. I mean, don't leave your family. Don't fucking, you know, tell your dad to fuck off, but Maybe go get some looks elsewhere. Um, I know he's a young kid. His stand-up looked really raw. He was throwing heavy shots when he got tired. No quitting in him. JJ's had better cardio, better submission defense. Trains had a better camp. You know, it's higher competition. He's training with Khabib every day. Didn't love JJ. I didn't love either of these guys. I thought Christian was going to win on paper. If he was going to win with a a, a fat, flashy submission, I thought he might get signed. That didn't happen. Uh, JJ showed a lot of heart, showed a lot of toughness. He did not get the contract. Um... Dan Tom gave him a C. I think that's fair. Uh, I'm not going to give any of these fighters D's or F's, so I think C's a fair for J.J. I liked his submission defense, um, and I liked his pressure and his cardio, but I feel like there was times where he could have finished this guy because Christian gassed a little bit, and uh, he just wasn't He just wasn't there pulling the trigger. Wasn't there pulling the trigger, man. 
And then you had uh, Sean Woodson versus Terrence McKinney. This fight's awesome. Sean Woodson's a very awkward body type. 6'3", 145. He took this fight on five days notice. He cut like 20 pounds. Really weird body type. They're pulling on the heartstrings a little bit. His dad died when he was 13. He has a very deep connection with his father now that he's gone. He says he feels like his father's with him everywhere. I think that's awesome. Um, you know, I know, I know that sounds corny and you don't want to like kind of make, I felt like he was genuine. Like he, you know, after he won, he fucking sobbed. Terrence McKinney, a guy who fights with Kiesa, strong grappler. Uh, don't know much about him. Uh, I looked up his record, decent, decent little record on him. But yeah, I mean, he, his standup was a work in progress. Woodson's a really good boxer. I was worried about the height. Usually guys that are that tall and skinny, they can't take a punch, but Kenny didn't really land much. Try to get the fight to the ground. He had Woodson's neck and back for like a minute, and Woodson didn't give up. Five days notice, you're fighting a guy opposite styles of you who wants to get you down and choke you out. You're a little tired. You're emotional. What do you do? You come out in the second round. After getting taken down again, you get up and you throw a flying knee and you knock McKinney out. Awesome stuff. Incredible knockout. I'm so happy for this kid. He got an A by Dan Tom. I would go B only because... We didn't get to see his full game. Hopefully, he has better takedown defense. Hopefully, his submission defense looked pretty good. I don't know how... I mean, I don't think McKinney's like Damian Meyer or anything on the ground, but um, good submission defense. He has no quit. His stand-up looks good. I'm going to be interested to see who they match him up with. I would hope he signs with, uh, you know, and goes against a guy who's got a little bit of a, a, a stand-up game as well so we can really see his game because he's boxed before. He had an amateur boxing record. Um, so I'm actually really curious about this Sean Woodson guy weird body type though right like his legs were so long and his torso was tiny had some tattoos that were you know well yeah whatever i'm not gonna bash the kid good win for the kid though i go win for the kid eh? kid. uh the little main event was ramazan uh nailed it that's the kid from jersey fighting jordan williams um i don't think ramazan got a contract jordan williams is the kid that fought last year has diabetes can't afford insulin. I think he said he orders it for his dog or something like that. Pretty crazy. Insulin is extremely ex- expensive. Um, so I feel bad for anybody that doesn't have health insurance. Even if you have health insurance, it's expensive. But still, trying to buy insulin to live when it's like a thousand bucks a shot is crazy. Um, and he's a fighter and he can't cut weight or anything like that. Uh, Ramazan was a guy. I mean, listen, all these fucking Dagestan Russian dudes, they either go out to California with Khabib or they go to Jersey. Um, he's training with Zabib. He looked good. He looked powerful. Um, Jordan Williams, a guy who hits hard. He hit Ramazan, hurt him a few times. Ramazan hurt Williams. This was a really, really entertaining fight. Um, Dan Tom gave Ramazan a B. I think that's fair. I'm going to agree with you, Dan Tom. I'm going to agree with you. Ramazan de- definitely deserves a B there. Close fight. Uh, it was a split decision. One judge had it 30-27 for Jordan Williams, which is crazy. Uh, and the other two judges had 29-28 Ramazan. Very close fight. I don't think Jordan Williams won. I think Ramazan uh, left a little bit on the table to be desired, if I'm being honest with you. I think, you know, he obviously could have done better. He, You know, Jordan Williams is a tough dude. I think, you know, second time in the contender series, he really won at this, and uh, Ramazan showed up. But didn't get signed, but listen, I think if he takes one fight outside the UFC, they're calling him like, hey, listen, we need you to fight a middleweight because our middleweights are going up to 205. All right, so that was a contender series. Dan Tom did pretty good this week. Good job, Dan Tom. Oh, um, yeah, no, we'll we'll talk about that next time. Uh, I'm running a little over here, so that's the show. 
Uh, I'm recording with Devin tomorrow. We're going to do picks for the Edmonton card. I don't know if that's UFC 240, 241. My brain is mush right now. But um, hopefully uh, hopefully this could be a good card. I don't love it on paper, if I'm being honest with you. I don't know uh, if I'm going to be ordering that or if that's a B-dubs night or, or what it is. But Because Reddit took down their MMA streams. Fucking Reddit. All right, that's the show. I'll talk to you guys on Friday. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. He will roll you Baby, don't you know My heat will move your soul Come on, come on, come on, come on Love me today Love me tomorrow Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? We rolling on the rehearsal?